good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the All That Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matias, and today on this episode, I have with me Lisa Thompson, and we're going to talk about UFOs, her experience of being on a craft and being examined. We're going to talk about learning from Martha and uh, her school and what her experience with that was. We're going to talk about all timelines existing simultaneously and how that works. We're going to talk about uh, why it's important to work on yourself after a failed marriage or a relationship. And Star Wars actually being based on a true story. A true story somewhere in the Orion constellation. Ooh, very interesting. And last but not least, we're going to talk about why the government is lying to us about the aliens and why they're covering it up. Interesting. So this and much more on today's podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Lisa Thompson, to this new episode of All That Jazz. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for being on. Um, so I know uh, our mutual friend, uh, Miss uh, Stube, Ju- Julie, Julia, Julia, sorry, I always mess it up. <laughs> she recommended you and uh, and it's not the same field that you, you girls work in, but that's, that's what I like. You have a different perspective and also see the UFO, uh, what would you call it, uh, a... a, a uh, not it's not a blow up doll. It's, it's something well, else. It's an inflatable. <laughs> it's, okay, that that makes it sound better. It's an inflatable UFO. There you inflatable go. <laughs> terrestrial. Yes. Okay. Well, let's because uh, that's the most obvious thing. So so let's start there. How did this all begin? Because I like me like most people, I've not never seen anything, and I kind of want to. So, uh, where did this start for you? Well, so I have actually been an experiencer of UFOs and extraterrestrial phenomena, I I would say most of my life. Mm. And um, throughout my childhood, I had been on craft, but I didn't get to remember those experiences. And when I was 15, that's when I had my first conscious memory of actually being taken onto a craft. And I was taken to um, Io, one of Jupiter's moons inside of Io. And when I got there, I was being toured around. So at the, it was a different scenario than I know what I had had previously. Uh-huh. And um, I had been more examined. And okay, so the situation. Examined? What? Yeah, Physically so, examined? Yeah. So did you, did you pass? I, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so the situation was that um, when I we arrived, number one, the extraterrestrial that had picked me up, he looked very human. So I was not afraid, but he also felt very familiar to me, like I knew him. Mm. And so I wasn't scared at all. When we arrived, it looked like some kind of hospital facility. And so we were, I was being toured around and everyone looked so human. So my my next question to him was, besides asking where we were, and he yeah. said we were inside of bio, was that, um, I'm like, is everyone human? And he said, no, you all are human that we bring here. 
but we are not, but we disguise ourselves because our form is really extreme and we don't want to scare you. Mm. So, is that why it, is that why you can't you they the, from the earth they can't see anything on probably they can't see anything on the moon is well, it like inside. disguised oh they're the inside in, yeah not oh. external so if you're not looking if you're not trying to go inside of a planetary body then you're not going to see anything and io io is the least likely of any planetary body in our solar system to have any form of life because the surface is so highly volcanic oh wow so it's completely toxic to, to be on the surface but inside is fine and so there's actually quite a bit of life inside of the different planetary bodies within our solar wow. system and and like how do they uh know which uh uh, like just simple things like because you were there physically like you were not it's not just a dream right you were there physically well, i assume as far as i know it was very physical um and so so i'm being toured around and so my next question to him was why are we here why specifically am i here and what he said was that those of us that had been chosen to be brought there were being tested to see if something happened to the earth, if we could live in an environment like that or something similar. And this is back in 1988, where we mm -hmm. were still in the Cold War. You know, World War III was a big threat. Right. It, it, there really was a timeline where something really bad could have happened. And mm. so then... At the end of the tour, I asked him if I could see what he really looked like because I was always a very curious kid and I was obsessed with animals oh. and the weirder the animal, the better. Right. So I didn't Did he have a robe or on or something like that? So it was more like a jumpsuit okay. kind of thing. And, but so he went from looking very, very human and they were humanoid. So they, you know, bipedal, symmetrical, all that. So when he changed form, he was about seven feet tall, pure white skin, big dark eyes, and long red hair. And then he had what looked like triads, um, triangles, tattooed on his cheeks. So very extreme in terms wow. of appearance. And so I could see why um, they would disguise themselves or camouflage themselves, mm. you know, because they were completely benevolent. And so I came back home and... I remember laying in my bed and this gets to the dream part. I remember laying in my bed and there's, there's a small memory of the craft being outside in my backyard, but I, I was laying there and I'm like, okay, that's the weirdest dream I've ever had. And so for a few months, I just thought, okay, it was just a dream, but I could remember details, which with dreams, typically within 10 minutes, you forget details. Right, right. Then fast forward a few months, I was reading Whitley Strieber's book, Communion. And I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but that's his, Whitley Strieber wrote about his experiences of being taken by gray aliens mm -hmm. in the 80s. And for him, it was a really scary experience. And so then at the end of the book, he's interviewing different people that had been taken. And all of them have the same kind of gray alien experience that Whitley had, except for one guy had a completely different story where he was telling Whitley that he had been taken to a moon of Jupiter and told he was one of the chosen ones. And Whitley what? made a little side comment, little side kind of sarcastic comment. I hope it isn't Io. And as soon as I read that, I had head to toe chills, tears started coming down my face. 
And so that was my body's way of saying, okay, that was a real experience. That was not just a dream. And because then, of the, the location, Io. Well, because, because of Io and, and the moon of Jupiter and just, yeah, the whole thing, like my body, our body can give us information. Yeah. Especially if we're really tuned in. And so then, so at the time, my mother and I, we were part of a spiritual school of enlightenment, the Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Oh. And we were learning about higher dimensional reality and, and things of that nature. And I, so I knew extraterrestrials were real fairies, dragons, all of these things. And so I told my mom after I realized, okay, that was real. I went and told my mom knowing she would believe me and she did. And our school at the time in the eighties was pretty high profile in the United States because we had a couple famous actresses that were part of the school, but also what we L were like, who that was it public. Yeah, so we had Shirley MacLaine and Linda Evans. Oh, Shirley MacLaine, I'm not surprised about because she's really big into past lives too and stuff like that, right? Exactly. And so then Linda Evans, who had been on Dynasty and some other shows, she was pretty famous in the 80s. And so okay. but what we were learning was the government was interested in because we were learning things like telepathy and remote viewing and mm. other things. So they actually had different government officials, CIA people, infiltrate the school to spy on what we were learning. Wow. Some people became real students. And so my mother, um, there was one guy that she knew that had been very high government that knew about the different ET races that our government with wow. and knows about. So she wow. introduced So the government knows about all this. Oh yeah. But, and but when you when you let's go back a little bit to the experience. Did they did they ever um because you were, you said you were 15. 15 did, yeah. did they ever comment on, you know, uh, they were they like, oh, Reagan, Reagan is uh, making a mistake here or this and that. Was there ever like uh, any kind of, uh, you know. There was no political uh, talk, but also I wasn't asking. And this was in 1988. So we were. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a different time back then before social media and the internet. So it's like, uh, uh it's less likely that you would have been i mean you probably saw uh, alien movies movies you know the spielberg and movies yeah. uh, dt that was in the 80s right right i had seen close encounters and star wars and et and all of those yeah but this this group though like it's i don't if if i had to make up what an extraterrestrial looks like it's not what I saw. <laughs> like I never would have um, imagined that there might be other humanoid types out there, but there are actually quite, quite a few groups that are very humanoid in their looks. And and, um, and the examination of you, like, uh, did, did they ever say what purpose did they examine you for? So they were testing the physiology and the genetics. Okay. To to determine whether those of us who had been brought there could live in that kind of environment, I guess, perhaps inside of a planetary body, maybe, maybe inside IO itself, but something like that. Hey, and, can I, can you make contact and be like, yeah, let's go on a tour. And because it'd be cool to kind of fly around, but I guess they don't. Uh... Well, it actually, and that, that was part of the experiences I did. I do remember flying through space. Um, so the craft that I was picked up in was just a small little shuttle craft that was just me and my ET guide. Uh -huh. And 
I remember as we're flying through space. So the walls are completely transparent where you could fully just see out. Oh my gosh. And so you could see the darkness, the pinpoints of the starlight as we're passing through the different gas layers, just the beautiful colors. And so I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures of the James Webb telescope with the nebulas and the other things and how pretty the colors are. Yeah, they are really pretty. That's what it looked like. And so, you know, my teenage mind had never seen anything like that. And mm. um, so when when my mom introduced me to this former government guy that was right. now part of the school, um, so he knew about different ET groups that our government knows about and works with. I shared mm-hmm. my story and I thought he was going to just tell me like, okay, no, that wasn't real. That was a dream or something. Yeah. But he listened. And when I described what they looked like, he, you know, he paused and he's like, you know, I don't know that group. He said, but there are so many out there that we don't know about. But he, he said, you had a real experience. And mm. so at the time, I was 16 and having that actually validated as a teenager from someone who knows about those things that they, they are actually real. Wow. Was do, do you know uh, what position this person had in the government? No, no it's probably uh, like a, uh, like a covert operation that's not on the books or something. Probably. And he, he wasn't in the government at the time that he was okay. a, a student at our school. He had formerly been in the government. Oh, but, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. So he so worked in that environment to, so that he knew that the government knew about it. Correct. Uh-huh. And so, well, and so some of these people that had been sent to spy on us and what we were learning they actually quit their jobs and became real students at the school. And okay. so is that so, the same the same woman that was in um what to believe do we know documentary mid 2004. Yeah, and actually that documentary was made by students from the Rampa school. Yeah, I find All that of- uh, documentary to be infinitely fascinating. It was very very cool. Yeah, yeah I actually and they, know that they use a deaf person as well, which uh, some my my parents are deaf, so so I thought it was very interesting uh, from that standpoint. But um, so uh, okay, let's go. Let's do a little bit about the school because I never, I don't think I've ever talked to somebody that was in that school, and it seems uh, nowadays seems very uh, obscure compared to maybe in the eighties it was huge, but nowadays it's like I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody yeah. in that school except yeah, so- you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so Ramtha started channeling through Jay-Z Knight in the late 1970s. Okay. And my mom and aunt, they discovered Ramtha in 1985. Um, and we were living in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, like right in the middle of the country um, in the States and um, nowhere near anything like that. But they started listening to videotapes and cassette tapes right. and they went to a live weekend in Denver, Colorado, which the seminar was called the days to come. And so during that weekend, and I, I didn't go to that event. Um, I was, I think 12 at the time that they right. were. Maybe too young, too young. Yeah. So, but what they were learning about were things that were um, being prophesized that were going to come in the future in terms of you need to have food storage. You need to live in a place that has a lot of rainwater because there's going to be drought, you need to start buying gold and, you know, really live off the land and be self-sufficient. 
And that so was true. Was, gold. If they were, if you bought gold back in the early eighties, you would have profited a lot. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so they came back from that weekend, like completely freaked out, like, oh my God, the world is ending. We have to move. And so they started looking at different places to move to, and they ended up choosing Washington State and specifically Yelm, Washington, where Ramtha, Jay-Z Knight were based. So we moved there um, in 1986 when I was 13. Okay. And so that's when I first got introduced to Ramtha myself. And oh, because she lived in the same town. So, yeah. and so, so you and saw I'm, her often, basically. Well, I mean, she didn't go out in public. Um, to, but you would you would sign up for one of the seminars and go to the house, the property. And so my mother, um, you know, at first I was like, I don't know what this is. It's weird. You know, this, you know, is she possessed? What's going on? <laughs> and, because you know, channeling, that was not a, a normal thing, right? And so Ramtha, who he's an ascended master from Lemuria, 35,000 year old warrior from Lemuria, channeling through this lady. And so the voice, so when I went oh, to my so, first- Sorry, what is Lemuria? I've never heard of Lemuria. You have not. Okay. No, well, I have not. <laughs> Lemuria, Lemuria, essentially, it's also known as Mu. They're, they're kind of synonymous, but it's the um, counterpart consonant in the Pacific, like to Atlantis. So Atlantis is based, you know, Caribbean, Mediterranean, Atlantic mm -hmm. Ocean. Um, Lemuria spanned from Easter Island to Hawaii, down through Micronesia, Indonesia, New Zealand, and maybe even to Australia. So and it's so, huge. Wow. Massive continent. And so as a civilization, Lemuria started way before Atlantis did. Highly spiritual group of people, not a lot of technology. Right. And they were directly by the Pleiadian star mothers um, and just had this really harmonious community. So Atlantis was kind of the opposite of that. They were it's a much more masculine, a lot of technology, not as much spirituality. And when Atlantis, when the people of Atlantis destroyed themselves, they essentially destroyed Lemuria as well. Because okay. everything. And so uh, some people say Lemuria sunk. You could also say the oceans rose, but all of the islands that I so it wasn't like a continent that was there before, because I know the the continent of the world was one time maybe all almost all together, and then it kind of broke off. So it wasn't that; it was something else. Yeah, it was just so basically all of the islands. So Easter Island, where I live here in Hawaii, Micronesia, Indonesia, New Zealand, we are the mountain remnant tops of the of the Lemurian continent. Oh wow! And so there are quite a few people who are drawn to move here to Hawaii and some of these other places that remember lives in Lemuria, mm. past lives. So anyway, so Ramtha was from the Lemurian continent. And oh, because wow. years ago, it actually was still existing. And they were at war with Atlantis. And so- Oh, they were at war. I wonder why. It, 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 what what time frame is that of Atlantis and Lemuria? Well, so what Ramtha, what he says is that he was alive 35,000 years ago. Okay, wow. And from all the academic work that people do with Atlantis and Lemuria, I that's very accurate in terms of 
it's still being both continents still being there, the civilizations being there. But human, they're already humans, like a human, like full, full on humans. And then something happened and then they destroyed themselves, but then humans still survived on the other continents. Yeah. So they, the survivors dispersed to other lands. Some of them went inside of earth, becoming the inner earth beings. (laughs) So there's a whole can of worms there that we could go. Oh my gosh. Inner earth. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, so there really, there were. Um, very, very developed humans way before, you know, what, what we know now and way, way more, more advanced than we are right now as our earth human selves. But they didn't have like technology as such, but they were more advanced in other ways, like more, yeah. more well, metaphysical the, kind of civilization. The Lemurians were more metaphysical. The Atlanteans were, had more technology than we do. Okay. Interesting. So, um, so you went to these uh, courses, and uh, you had to pay for these courses. Yeah, it's just like going to any kind of um, school, or you know, if you're going to go see someone like Tony Robbins or any kind of, yeah. or you have to pay to go to those events. But how many people were there? Because like, uh, if it's at her house, I imagine it's not. It, it can be more than like fifty people that were attending her courses. So actually the the first event that I went to, she she had a very large house and a very large property, like acres and acres, because she had um a horse farm actually. She okay. she bred Arabian horses with her then husband, Jeff. And so um big horse property and big horse arena actually on the property. And so the smaller events what the first one I went to was around the swimming pool, the inside swimming pool, and there were a hundred people. Wow. At that okay. Then the arena, the horse arena, the max that that could hold was a thousand people at a time. And so that would be the largest events um, would be a thousand people. But okay. at the height of the school, there were probably over 10,000 students worldwide that were you know, part of the school, whether they lived nearby or they just traveled. And she's still, uh, she is uh, still alive. As far as I know, yes. Um, I have not attended any events for the last 16 years. Um, So it's been quite a while, but I don't know if she actively is still channeling Ramtha or if some of the students that became higher up teachers, if they're the ones that are just teaching the material now, because that mm. was starting to happen, you know, when I left, Rantha was still there. However, there were other people like Dr. Joe Dispenza. Are you familiar oh, with him? he's from, okay. He's from that kind of school. He okay. actually, he was my chiropractor when I was a teenager. Oh, really? <laughs> what a chiropractor <laughs> to have, Joe. Yeah. Well, and he um, he was a student of the school, and so that's where he actually got his start. And but I imagine Le- he's not uh, he's he's actively still in the school. Oh no, he hasn't been for years either. Because no. I have uh, heard somewhere that uh, there was a a change. I don't know if it, in the night lady or in the in the what they were channeling from before. Because because I imagine the entity is still. Uh, on the other side is still subject to temptation so or or you know stuff like that so i'm not sure 
what, yeah, what's really interesting about um, the material is that there was so much really good information that was being channeled um, about quantum mechanics and the nature of reality and just, you know, really how things operate. But then there was a lot of fear-based stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And that is what I did not, uh, didn't not like at all was the fear-based stuff. Was it as more towards the end of your um, um actually, It's pervasive throughout because even um, the original event that my mom and aunt, aunt oh, went yeah, to. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, that's pure fear. Right. Now, it's practical to a degree, you know, if something like that's really going to happen, but it's also very fear-based. And so there would be information sometimes that was channeled that I didn't know if it was maybe Jay-Z's personality trying to keep people at the school and trying to keep getting money or what it was, but, you know, but there, the, the fear even created my aunt to be so fearful for me. Like I wanted to move from our town of Yelm, which was a higher up elevation to Olympia, which is right on the water. And it's only half hour away. And my aunt was like, you can't move to Olympia. It's going to be underwater. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my chances because I'd rather have, you know, happiness and choose where I want to live rather than living in fear and not doing something like that. That's interesting because nowadays uh, people for a different reason think that uh, uh, the coast is going to be underwater, but which I don't think it will. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's interesting because uh, when when things become too much fear-based, um, then it, it's, uh, I mean, you can look at reality, you can look at facts, but then if something is too looking at the too pessimistic side, uh because there's been so many predictions about the world ending through the years never came to be well right and i mean and again like when it's my time it's my time and i know that i'm energy and that just this body will die but i lisa the soul of lisa doesn't die so i actually have no fear about Mm -hmm. any of that now that's good that's good I have more fear about like getting hurt and then being alive and not being able to function. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd rather, you know, just die. <laughs> the, the, in the school, did you, did, was there also like a meditation? Was there like classes on how to overcome fear and stuff like that too, as well? Yeah, there were. And, and that, that's the interesting part because um, Ramtha taught, things like all t- just it's quantum mechanics all timelines exist simultaneously in the quantum realm and so you can actually timeline shift you can jump to different timelines and and my extraterrestrials that I channel they say the same thing and they're always they're really adamant about this and so there are realities where the earth really is like a shit show (laughs) where things are going horrible and it is destroyed. But then there are also timelines where we actually are in harmonious community with each other and there's no more of the polarity. And so really what ramp the Todd and what my ETs are saying constantly is Focus on the life you actually want. Focus on the timeline you want to be in. You know, 
embody that, feel it, see it as if it's already happened. And the more that you live in that state, that is your reality. So you can, you can have a next door neighbor that's living in the horrible fear-based reality of the world. Mm -hmm. And then you yourself can be in this elevated state and you're living next to each other, but you're experiencing things completely different. Um, there's something that really I've always struggled with this when they say different timelines. Does that mean that simultaneously there are, because when you, when you change your mind about something, when you live differently, do you, uh, do you then break off and you live in a totally different earth than the, the person there? Because if you say somebody has a different experience, but that's still, that would uh, still imply that they're, they're still living in the same earth, same dimension, same space, just that their subjective reality uh there this let's say the google search in their mind is searching for something different so they always find something different while you're searching for something else and you're always going to see something else but uh physically you're occupying the same space no yeah physically you can occupy the same space and have completely different realities that you are experiencing oh yeah but does that mean that when you talk about different timelines does that mean there's a different physical reality or no some of them are different physical realities yes so it just i mean everything exists everything we there's nothing new there's (laughs) nothing so whatever 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 choice you make at that choice point branches off so there Hmm. then you're got these two different realities that are going on simultaneously and which one are you which one are you consciously experiencing? Because they're both going on at the same time. And so then you make another choice. It splits off again. Okay, now you've got all of these other realities mm. going on. So which one are you choosing to be a part of? Do you they know all- those movies, <laughs> Back to the Future? Yes. Um, would that mean that, let's say last year, the Argentina won the World Cup, but does that imply that, in let's say a player chose something different in the game because there's, 22 players in a, in a football game so let's right. say it could be possible that france won the world cup then in some other physical reality and that yeah. uh that almanac from back to the future would be useless because you know you couldn't predict because it would be fuzzy kind of right yes and actually and that's the thing about we get to consciously create our reality and so we we are already creating our reality, but most people are doing it unconsciously. Mm. They're just playing out their patterns, their normal life, just kind of sleepwalking through life. And then there are other people that are consciously like creating their thoughts and really choosing very consciously what they want their reality to be. And everyone like has Joe's, the- Joe Dispenza, sorry, go ahead. No, exactly. Like, um, and, and actually, and that is what we learned from Ramtha was creating your day, creating your reality. And there are different methods to do that. So when you asked, yeah, what did we learn meditation? We had a lot of different practices that we did to really hone that mind to be able to create our reality and to, and, and also just to get other information, mm. you know, there's a lot of blindfolded work <laughs> that we did in the school. Really? Because yeah, because the eyes, um, they're, they deceive you, right? They, they filter, um, you, your brain has judgment. And so the more that you can tap into your third eye rather than 
these eyes and your other, you know, five senses, the more you can tap into the clairs, the more information that you can really get beyond. Mm. What, what if the uh, third eye is not open yet spiritually? Well, that it's, it's a practice. Okay. Yeah. Everything is a practice. If so it was perfection, then we would be ascended masters. Right, right, right. Did, did uh, Ramtha also recommend other uh, teachers here on earth or was, um, was so, that the main authority? Actually, um, that's a really good question. So there were quite a few outside speakers and teachers that would come in that would share their very specific research. So one example is um, Dr. Bruce Lipt Lipton. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with biology, yes. I believe? So in the late 90s, early 2000 area, um, Bruce Lipton came in and taught us at the school. And that's where I first got exposed to him, which I love his work. We had other quantum, quantum physicists and other people that would come in and share their information. And so, and we, we were, um, it was recommended and sometimes even required to read a lot of books on this material wow. from other quantum physics so yeah so and actually in the 80s it wasn't quantum mechanics at all it was that it was more of the metaphysical just the the spiritual side of things but then in the late 90s it turned to okay let's now learn the underlying science behind the spirituality and so mm. that's when we started really working with brain physiology quantum mechanics um, epigenetics, things like that. And I, at the time, I hadn't been a part of the school for a while, but that actually, that science piece is what attracted me to get back into it. Cause at that time I had a PhD in biology. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, si yes, thank you. I, I really want, science. yes, <laughs> I want, well, cause in, in my experiences throughout my childhood, my teenage years, you know, they were pretty incredible and most people didn't believe me. You know, people at the school would believe me because they were having the same kind of experiences, but mainstream world, my mainstream science friends, when I went to grad school, they thought I was crazy that I had, you know, had met extraterrestrials and that I believed in Bigfoot, you know, Sasquatch, fairies, dragons. They're like, you're supposed to be a scientist. And I'm like, yeah, I'm an open-minded scientist knowing that there are these different dimensional realms that we can't quantify. We can't physically see necessarily in this mm. earth reality, but they are real. <laughs> Would you agree that a lot of these things are in our uh, reality, but they're not physical as per se. You have to, there's a, there's a different dimension to it. Like fairies yes. and all that stuff. Yes. So mm. yes, fairies, dragons, um, they they reside in different dimensional levels that are outside of what our physical senses can perceive unless we shift our own selves to their same vibration and then we can experience them. What about the, uh, I don't know what you think about guardian angels and stuff like that. Is that also a different dimension that they occupy? Yes. Because so I've we known have... people that said that they have seen an angel. Oh, yeah, I have a, quite a few friends that actually work with the angels that see them that talk to them channel them. 
So angels are real. We, everyone has a guardian angel. Actually, everyone has a whole angel team. Everyone can ask for help from the angelic realm. And, and in fact, just like with the extraterrestrials, the angels, we have free will and we have to ask for them to help us if we want their help. This is really interesting because uh, you're talking about this. And also I've noticed that uh, I had, uh, I, I talked to somebody that was uh, this, uh, this psychic lady and she told me that uh, I have, uh, this is before uh, we're doing the interview. And she told me there's some, there's some UFO uh, that I'm uh, interacting with. I'm like, no, I, I, I'm not. And then I realized, oh, actually I'm talking to a lady that's uh, <laughs> interacting with UFO. So even talking to you, then then my question would be then, do you then interact with them in on a regular basis? Um, I I definitely interact with my extraterrestrials on a regular basis um, because now it's part of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. And so so the group from IO is not one that I interact with regularly. That that was just, you know, I think a former kind of situation that was going on and they were not the higher dimensional ones that I work with now. Um, And so it was almost five years ago that I met my Arcturian family. So Arcturians are a specific group that come from the star Arcturus and the Mm -hmm. Boote constellation. And they are higher dimensional extraterrestrials. They have blue skin. Thus, so my inflatable here represents my Arcturians. <laughs> are are they any similar to the, the movie Avatar, the blue? <laughs> they they have blue skin like that, but they're completely bald. And they have larger heads and skinny bodies. So they kind of look like a gray alien, but with blue skin. Okay. They they reside in higher dimensional reality where they are pure unity consciousness, love consciousness. And so when I first met them, their, their message to me was, you are one of us. We are one of you. We are family. Mm. And I didn't know who they were, but I, um, I was in a psychic class that I was taking when I first met them and so I was sharing with the class like okay I just met these beings there was a lady in the class who knew about some of the different ET races and when I described what they looked like she's like that sounds like either the Arcturians or the Blue Avians and Mm. so when I went and googled what those were because I had no clue exactly the Arcturians what I saw so the artistic depictions of what they look like it's exactly what I had seen in this journey and so since that time, I have developed that connection stronger. Now I, I understand my role with them. I actually, um, in a parallel life, I am Arcturian. And so the, the being that I met is actually me as an Arcturian. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> trippy. So it's you. It's me. And so now, because I know that, it, it makes it a lot easier to channel um, because it's not separate from me. But it's, it's just like, uh, this blows my mind. It's you, but it's, it's the same timeline. Like you are, you are here making decision, but, but you can make a decision for, because you're not, you, it's, it's, it's you, but it's not you, you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's, it's chippy. Well, we're all multidimensional and we all have parallel lives that we're living right now. And so 
we can tap into those lives very easily, but you just have to know how to do it. Okay. So one of the modalities that I do is past life regression therapy, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a form of hypnosis. And that's one of the ways that you can experience other lives that you have. And a lot of people, because we, we have a very, um, very dense, slow reality in third dimension as humans, we experience linear time, but in reality, time doesn't exist because it's all existing in the now. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we get to the quantum realm. And so um, even though people call it past lives, it's actually parallel lives because it's going on right now. And so I have been able to tap in to a lot of my extraterrestrial lives to experience. Mm. So it's um, not like timeline on earth where it's the past. Cause I always assumed, cause I've done a little bit of uh, past life work and it always seemed to be for me, at least it always seemed to be on this earth, but in the past. Okay. Well, and some people do experience that a lot of people, when they do a regression, they will go to an earth life right. that feels like it's in the past because again, we, we perceive linear time. However, it's, it's existing right now. So the 1950s, it's existing right now in a different timeline. Oh, and could I go back on the 1950s and be like back to the future? Is that possible? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, how how do I do that? I wanna I wanna see the nineteen fifties. I don't think it's a machine, um, like the okay. car, but it, it's it's actually everything is consciousness. Is but you're able to go there physically, or are you able to observe? Because I'd like to, you know, well, I'd have to learn the language, but you know, back to the time of Jesus or Buddha, you know, these uh, significant events, you could actually observe and perhaps make a make a better movie of it, more realistic <laughs> documentary, yeah, well, maybe. And there are people who who tap into that and get real information about those times because they actually do have a lifetime there. And so they're able to see it, experience it, and and share it as if it's real. Oh, so you have to have a lifetime there. That's how you can enable to get... Yes. And it might be possible that even if you didn't have a specific lifetime there, because you are connected to everything, Mm -hmm. I am connected to everything, that there might, I think that there would be a way that you could tap into that information because it it exists. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So it's not, so I wouldn't be able to travel physically. So I'm just trying to see it. Well, I don't, I don't, I, there might be a way to take your physical body to that time, but it's more, it's way easier to take your conscious mind there. And the thing, because again, at the quantum realm, when it, whenever someone experiences a life that they're living, um, you know, parallel past, future, whatever it is, you have the opportunity to make changes in that life at that quantum level, if you want to. And that's one of the, the ways that I work with that modality is to help my clients um, remove blockages and limitations in their life. And so we get to the root cause. Sometimes it's this earth life. Most likely though, it's a different life. 
that they have brought that that kind of karmic you know information into this life that they right. are that want to heal and so when we get to the root cause we can rewrite the story which then when you come out of the regression it actually rewires the brain our so, brains are very plastic they get neuroplastic they can so, change very yeah so the the issues usually come from the past and if they you have uh you're healing people and the issues usually come from the past not the future well um and again past and future don't really exist we they do and they don't we experience past and future as earth humans uh-huh but when we shift into those higher dimensional realities there is no time. Everything is existing simultaneously. Right. So but for the purpose of healing is yeah. usually in the past, right? Yes. It's going to be something that you've already experienced. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I have some of my clients say we have gone to future lives to see what that is like. Oh man. That's just scary. To, I, I, my mind, my mind <laughs> cannot handle it. If you go into the future, because to me, I think, it's there but it's not it's kind of like it's not rock solid yet because then if you see it you can by virtue of seeing it you can make a different decision so what you mm -hmm. see is a, actually a potential not an actual hard rock right. solid uh, uh reality exactly and and when like if someone is going to go to a psychic and like okay you know madam psychic tell me the future tell me what's going to happen with this situation what they're what they're tapping into is one potential whatever trajectory you are currently on in that exact moment that is what they're able to see however at any moment you can make a different choice and be on a completely different trajectory and are then, you psychic am I, i'm <laughs> intuitive okay um and so that that is a way of being psychic i don't I don't call myself psychic, but I am definitely intuitive and I, I get information in different ways. So but I'm not, you got information that it was good to come here then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and Julia is someone that I trust. So when she said that you were a good guy, it's like, okay. Oh, so it's, a, so it's a social proof. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. yeah okay. No, actually, I <laughs> Generally, I'm willing to talk, to have a conversation with anyone yeah. as long as they're open-minded and they're not pushing a fear-based agenda yeah. because that's one of my missions with my extraterrestrials is to start changing that fear-based narrative of the government, media, and Hollywood. Hollywood. Oh, let's talk about Hollywood. What has gone wrong with Hollywood? It used to be so so many good people. Jimmy Stewart, you know, all these George Burns, all these people that, you know, good characters. And now you have, uh, you know, that what's that lady, Lady Gaga and all that questionable characters. That's really, and she was working with that. What's the Serbian lady that does art in blood and everything. Ivanovic or something. Very scary lady. Um, so we've come from Jimmy Stewart and that to now. Also, also, uh, yeah, character-wise, I guess, just not not as great characters as before. Is that the problem, or is just the? I'm thinking maybe the pedophilia, or. Um, <laughs> you know, 
that's not my realm. <laughs> okay. Okay. At all. At all. And so, you know, is as far as pedophilia, that's something that has been going on since the beginning of time. I think it's just more out, you know, in, in the spotlight, but definitely in the time of Jimmy Stewart and the, and the other ones, there was pedophilia going on. It just, okay. yeah, there's always been that underbelly, that, that darker side of humanity. And I think that what is happening is that it's, it's coming to the surface so we can heal it. Mm. And that, that actually is what happens before massive change, before it always gets darker before the light. And we are shifting to fifth dimensional consciousness that earth herself, she is shifting to fifth dimension. We as a species are shifting to fifth dimension. And in order to be able to do that, we have to heal the shadows, the darkness mm. and move, move out of that. And so I think that that is why it's being exposed. It's our, our always existed though. So, so there's a purpose though, that, that maybe, maybe there's more of it now because there's more uh, in a way, more darkness or, or maybe it's the universe. There's more light, and then we can see the shadow that is the yes. darkness. I think so. Mm. I think I think it's that second one where. Okay. Also, you know, again, we have to shine light on those dark areas in order for us to integrate ourselves, because uh, so... we all, we all have dark and light in us, and it's each one of us has, you know, it's our our work, our job, whether we want it to be or not. And we don't have to do it in one life, but really it's to come to become a whole integrated being that understands um, we don't need to be in the polarity anymore, but here on earth, we're here to experience polarity and it's a mechanism of evolution. And so in these higher dimensions, there is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong. There's no more judgment of, how people are living or what they are doing. And everyone who has whatever experience they come here on earth to experience, they chose that. And that is really hard for some people to take in, believe. And if anyone is listening and you're like, no way, that's fine. This is my experience. And you, I'm, ne I'm never here to convince anyone that I know everything at right. all ever. He, there was a work with Michael Newton, and he he uh, he said in his life between life regressions that there is that you chose. Uh, yeah. We yes, so we have soul contracts with different people. I have a soul contract to be here with you today. Um, oh, I really? had a... <laughs> I'd like to see the contract. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> um, you know, we go through different lessons in our life. Some people have harder lessons that they want to experience to overcome um, than other people. Some people have more of a vacation kind of life, like a break, because <laughs> they've had a lot of hard, hard you stuff. You need a going. vacation sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, for me, I, I came in to really learn some heavy lessons that I could come out on the other side of and really like shine my light and really show people they don't have to be stuck in their reality. Mm. And so, you know, any, anyone who perceives that they're a victim of circumstance, 
they're choosing that consciously or unconsciously. They chose it before they came here and they can, they can change their situation. You can always change, right? You can always, you can always start anew. Yes. Uh, I once had this dream where it was like this big book and, uh, it's so what was written kind of was my life. And, and the thing that, that I could do was, was turn a new page, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it seems silly, but it was it was a it was a positive message to me, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I'm on my fourth career. I'm on my third husband. <laughs> okay. You is can it, always... At least is each one better? Is it getting better or worse? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, my I have an amazing life now. But I what I what I had done was I had repeatedly um, because of abandonment issues and other things from my childhood, I was attracting people into my life that would recreate that abandoned feeling or not being good enough, being worthy enough, not being lovable. And so, you know, my first husband, very toxic, like very, very abusive. When, When I got out of that relationship, I didn't do the inner work on myself before I got into the next relationship. Mm. And so I just created, he wasn't as bad. He was a little better, but you know, he still had control issues. And so when I finally got myself out of that relationship, I knew I was the common denominator in all of these relationships. So I had to do the deep inner work on myself. Find and he my chose word. them too. And he chose them as well. Oh, I did. I mean, compatible on some level. They were, they were complementing where you were in a way. Yes. Yes. And so that's, that can be really hard to look at and to, you know, actually acknowledge that, oh, there's something in me that is resonating at that frequency where, okay, that's what I, you know, what I am attracting because we can't have any that doesn't match our frequency. Yeah. This, um, there was a unity minister called Eric Butterworth, and uh, he used to have a saying that uh, it's not about finding the right person, it's about being the right person. And uh, yeah. I always find that to be hard to bear in a bit, but it's very true. You know, it's it's only when you become the, the right person, when you've uh, worked on yourself, and then you're going to start attracting those kind of level of people, right? Exactly. And so that's what I did. Um, After that second husband, I worked on myself, I got to a place where I was whole, healthy, I loved myself. And that's when I met my now husband was from that place. And so it's a completely different dynamic in our relationship. And it's much, much better. Oh, much. (laughs) Yes. Did did, did you? I'm I'm guessing none of the, the husbands were from Ramtha school the first one was oh the first one was okay but it still doesn't matter because there's other stuff at play well exactly i mean when someone um when someone comes from a household where their father is a raging alcoholic extremely Mm -hmm. abusive there and um there's a lot of scarring that happens in the psyche and as much as he was trying to do that deep work, you know, and was part of the Ramtha school there, you know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. enough. He didn't no. do anything like Elanon or, or uh, like counseling or psychoanalysis no. or anything like that. Nah. He was actually fully against that stuff. 
Okay. Okay. Doing that kind of work. Yeah. But is, so that's interesting because uh, you would think that the person that does metaphysical work and spiritual work like Rumpf School would be at least open to other avenues that could help them. You would think. You would? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. And, yeah. But no. Um, but not, not everyone. Um, I'm I'm curious though, is it possible like if you uh, if you interact with the with with other uh, you know alien uh, races, is it possible that they transport some kind of uh, rocks or something? That'd be that'd be very uh, beneficial for them and you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ones that I actually work with, they they operate in a much higher dimensional reality. Oh, so there's no rocks. They're not, they're not physically um, densifying into our earth reality. It's Earth is really hard to be a part of, especially if you reside in higher dimensions. Um, it's very slow. It's very heavy. And so a lot of the higher dimensional ATs, they have the ability to densify, but they don't choose to. So it's oh. really a plain, you you yourself raising your vibration to find a meeting point where you can communicate is that how how can you communicate because you raise your vibration and they lower theirs in a way so you meet yes. mm -hmm. you meet in the middle somewhere and with that then you you can have communication and most of them use telepathy we we all have the ability to be telepathic we just have to practice, but that's how they communicate. You know what would be a good, a good, good uh, show of uh, of power, let's say. But that, I think people could misconstrue it. If you if you could predict, oh, you know, th there's gonna be this desert there. There's gonna be a mountain appearing tomorrow, <laughs> and then they drop a mountain on that, and be people would be baffled. You know, they they have to name the mountain and everything. You know. <laughs> mount lisa you know <laughs> or whatever now there are there are ets that are very physical you know they're more in that third fourth dimensional reality like we are and they do interact here on earth you know they do come and visit some of them are living among us and um they have interacted with the governments around the world but those are the ones that tend to be like earth humans a little more polarized and mm. so some of them are service to self and others are service to others just like earth humans so it's possible then that there's bad races out there okay well that's a really good question because there is if if we look at the human race okay we are polarized here on earth and so we have some people that are kind, compassionate, loving, giving people. And then we have people on earth that are the opposite of that, controlling, power-hungry tyrants. And so you can't put the entire human race as bad because some of the people are negative, right, right. or bad. So same with any extraterrestrial race. There is no race where the entire race is negative or bad. You have individuals within that race that might be service to self. And so our perception of that would be they're negative or bad, but you can't, you can't put the entire race into a category like that. Okay. So 
let's see the the unity uh race then i i would suspect that the majority of them are good and maybe there's some of them that are the troublemakers Yes. Did well, they ever get is... like uh, in a prison? Like you know, you ever watch Superman too? They you know they put him in a glass prison, or you know they just pull him out. <laughs> well, there you know there are. Um, can you do you hear that background noise? No, that's no, fine. Um. So there are yes things like that from what I understand where. Um, that we have galactic federations kind of like star trek we have different galactic federations that are looking over earth they're not interfering directly because there is the prime directive of you can't go against free will they have we have to ask for help and so these galactic federations are making sure that the you know the nefarious ets the ones that are more service to self are staying away or you know they're really yeah oh but okay so but then there's been people that have seen uh i guess in the astral realm it doesn't uh, people have seen stuff but it's an astral realm i guess like really bad stuff oh yeah that stuff exists for sure But but, but you're saying the alien the nefarious aliens are kept away by the by uh, this uh, federation and they're, they're kept away because they have their own, you know, fleets, I guess. Of, is it kind of like Star Wars? Like, uh... <laughs> Actually, well, and Star Wars is based on real stuff that happened in the Orion constellation, the Orion Wars. And so, um, so there really was like a dark empire and there was a rebel small group of Jedi types called the Black League. Oh my and, gosh. So that Orion pol- polarity, the the factions, they actually that got moved here to Earth to play out. And so that's what we're here to do is integrate that polarity from Orion from the Star Wars scenario. Wow. So that that would mean that the movie was successful not because only because of the breakthrough in technology in that time, but because some people recognize the story that they've yes. seen from their yes. past lives. Yes. Wow. Yes. So George Lucas, you know, it's very quite possible that he lived in the Orion system while this was going on. And so he pulled forth memory of that. Um, or, you know, he could have channeled it as well. But like, it's more likely that he actually had firsthand experience. And was remembering this without realizing what it was. Wow. Same um Star Trek, right? Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of our back to Hollywood, a lot of the movies are based on real things. So Avatar, that's there's there's a world like that. That's right. Really of athletic yeah. uh uh like avatars running around. And flying birds that connect with them and all that. This seems the yeah, within the realm of reality for sure. And maybe they even look the same. Yeah. It's it's really interesting because the more clients that I have coming to me in the last couple of years um, with regression work, they're experiencing their non-earth lives more than their earth lives. 
and that's the memories that are coming up for them. And so I did have a client who actually the body that he was in as this not, not of earth being was very much like avatar Mm. Uh, this, but the skin, like it was striped and it just, the way that some of my clients have described physically what they appear like, I mean, all forms exist in the universe. Everything so perhaps it's possible that I only saw the human lifetimes because I, I that's what I believed in, perhaps. But they also yeah. conversely, that maybe people see other um, alien lifetimes because that's what they, they believe. And so it's then possible for them to see it. Yes. Could be either, could be both. Both could be true, I guess. Yes. And, you know, some of within a session, some of my clients, they first we go to a couple of earth lives and then all of a sudden then we're shifting to something not of this earth and sometimes not even a physical embodiment. It's more energy. And in fact, I have a life like that, that I got to experience where I was energy here on earth as it was forming. And my job was to essentially let whoever the higher powers that be, let them know that earth is ready for the animals to come in. So wow. that was, that was trippy. <laughs> the <laughs> other, I, one of my other lives that I got to experience through regression um, was being a Syrian being from the star Sirius. And the Syrians were directly here interacting with humans Um during super ancient Egypt, the Mayan culture in Mesoamerica, the Dogon tribe in Africa. And so the life that I got to experience was during ancient Egypt, super ancient Egypt, during the building of the pyramids, actually. Now, I was not helping the <laughs> that, but I got to see what it was. But my job was as a genetic engineer. And so we were sending down mm. sound frequency energy from our craft that would modify the human body um, naturally to be able to hold more energy. Because as we are evolving as humans, we have to run more energy through our bodies as we're shifting into the higher dimensions because we're more energy than we are physical. Right. So we've had changes in our anatomy and our physiology over time as we've evolved as humans here on earth. So would you say that then uh, the uh, Jesus and Buddha are the highest energy that the human body can hold because that's what i've yeah. heard as well okay and then but then over time that might change in the future yes and and we all have that potential to mm -hmm. to embody you know that kind of consciousness that kind of energy and and ascend essentially take our bodies with us and that's what we are doing as we're shifting into fifth dimensional reality so but is there a timeline for that is like 2025 or 2030 or everyone is on a different timeline <laughs> so some people they've already shifted and oh, other I people see. other people it's gonna maybe take a few hundred years or more but wouldn't there be an, an like a uh, objective uh like the world somehow changing you know how the the culture let's say the culture of america which arguably since the 60s has not been going too much uh, up at all, but maybe it could rebound based on based on the critical uh, mass of people that have uh, that have reached a certain level of consciousness, as it were, right? 
that's that's what's starting to happen. And so there are going to be a massive group shifting into that reality, but then there are going to be others that stay back yeah. in old earth. Mm -hmm. So essentially, just like these timelines, you've got different earth potentials. Right. That's interesting. Exist. So, yeah. it, but how does that happen? How does the new earth and then break away? Physically, how does that happen then? Well, it, so I don't know if it's exactly physically or if it's just energetically because uh. right now we have other, we have things all around us that are coexisting simultaneously with us that we don't even perceive because they're in higher dimensions. And so it's going to be something like that where, you know, we're shifting into this higher vibrational state of being because we're in that higher vibration. We likely can see those lower vibrations, but they can't see us because we're vibrating at a higher state, a frequency what? where we become invisible to them. Invisible, like literally invisible. Yeah. Okay. So the analogy that I like to describe this, and this is why like, you know, some of these other things that exist like fairies and dragons, they're, they're in a different vibrational reality. So if you imagine a fan, the mm -hmm. fan is turned off. You can see each individual blade of that fan, right? You turn the fan on and it goes faster, faster, faster. And at some point, you know, the blades blur together. They almost become invisible. You can see through them. So imagine that vibration, that frequency going so fast that it just becomes invisible, but it's still there. So that's what some of these different entities, they're operating in that higher vibrational state. So we can't oh, wow. physically see them, but they're still there. That, I love that explanation. That makes a lot of sense, actually, to that they're vibrating so fast. But then that would mean that we wouldn't be able to see the the whole house or something. But then there wouldn't people be colliding in, in, in objects that they can't see or or wouldn't they would they would just no. go through well just like we even though we feel very physical very solid yeah we're not our atoms we're mostly empty space right and so if we and people there are people on earth who have been able to do this if we consciously raise our vibration we can actually walk through walls do you know the story of Apollonius of Tiana from, mm. he's a contemporary of Jesus. He's okay. Greek. And there, there was, um, he, he was arrested. He was in a Roman court handcuffed and he knew how to do this. He raised his vibration so much so that he essentially became invisible and was able to walk through the walls of the courthouse and escape. What was he one of the, uh, well, was he like a student of Jesus or was he a different school? I think it's probably a similar school, but not a student of Jesus. He was a contemporary. So he he knew the same information that Jesus did. And perhaps they knew each other because they both they might have trained in the same mystery schools. Because, you know, Jesus Ooh, that, learned that's a very controversial statement. <laughs> well, OK, and that information comes from Ramtha. Okay. As well. Right. Okay. 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 See. So yeah, take it or leave it. But yes, I, I do believe Jesus and his mother, Mary, they were part of mystery schools 
learning all of this stuff, very esoteric knowledge. And and the uh, the mystery school and stuff like that. They also there's this healing that that you're mostly are you mostly doing like past life regression healing or is there some other uh, like energetic form of healing so as I, well? Yeah, I I have kind of created my own modality that combines regression therapy with energy healing with channeling um, from my extraterrestrial groups. Um, it's a combination of stuff. And so I've, I've named it quantum cosmic energy healing. So you, you, you developed it. You I developed did. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's just something that um, was given to me. Actually, that name was given to me earlier this year. Um, I was inspired to put it through the trademark office um, because it's not anything that I learned from someone. It's just all these different modalities and things that that I have studied with other people individually, but then this whole channeled information that I get that I didn't learn from anyone, it just, I let it happen. And so that together combines um, this energy healing that I do. Mm. And is and, the, so go ahead. Okay, what I, so what I learned about my life as an Arcturian is that that life I am a healer and so, but the Arcturians, they don't need healing for themselves because higher dimensional beings don't get sick. They, you know, there's no disease at all, but I'm a healer to send that healing energy from that realm down to earth, Lisa, to help heal my body. And then that also then gets channeled out to individuals to trigger their own healing within themselves. So then you don't often get sick because you have this tool yeah. at your disposal. I very rarely get sick. You, you ever, uh, did they ever comment on, I know they don't comment on worldly affairs, but um, they, you know, the, the COVID hysteria. Um, what, what do you think about it? And the vaccines that came after that? So that's a, that's a really good question. And I think there are going to be different answers depending on which extraterrestrial group you might ask about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my understanding for me is that COVID was a great reset in our world for a lot of different reasons. So co the COVID pandemic itself. So for me, it was actually a beautiful situation that I never would have made the changes in my life that I was able to make if COVID didn't happen because I didn't know it'd be possible. So for instance, I was living in Olympia, Washington, and it was fine there, you know, it, it was, it's a pretty place, but you know, it's rainy and cloudy nine months out of the year. My husband, he would get seasonal depression. We had always talked about snowboarding to go to a warm place in the winter, sunny place in the winter. And when COVID shut down basically everything, his work became virtual. And we had the opportunity to re-examine our life and be like, okay, what do we really want? And my daughter, she triggered this. She was actually like, I don't want to live here anymore. I want to move to California. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I said, I would never move to California. I said, I'd move to Hawaii. Good and call. it just came out of my mouth. And my husband looked at me and he was like, I'd move to Hawaii. And we look at each other. And six months later, we moved here to Hawaii. Simple. That never happened. And, and now you know, we live in the desert, 
part of the island. We have sunshine every single day and we have so much extraterrestrial activity here on island that I got to start doing UFO tours and be really out there with the work I do, which never would have happened pre-COVID. Wow. So, that, so you know, it, it all depends on how you are interpreting a situation, perceiving it. And so as far as the vaccinations, this and this, again, I know there's so much controversy, controversy out there about it. And the, because now, of the fake news. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. So here's what's interesting that, you know, I was really on the fence. Am I going to get the vaccine or not? Now I love traveling the world. I travel is one of my passions and I have been all over the place. I'm getting get ready to go to Peru in a couple of weeks. I, um, I decided, okay, I am going to get the vaccine because if they're going to make it mandated for travel, I'm going to get it. But when I get it, I am going to energetically protect my body that it doesn't have any ill things that go on. And so it's how you perceive it. And so other people who didn't want to get the vaccine, totally fine. And but the people who took it and really energetically took it consciously knowing that they were going to be completely fine and whatever, you know, perception of the, the negative side of it wasn't going to happen. And so everything is perception, everything. Mm. Yes. But then That's what, I say about it. <laughs> what about those people that, uh, that had a good belief about it, but still ended up being sick or had to develop heart problems? Wouldn't that signify that there's something objectively um strange about about some of the versions of the vaccine possibly okay again there there are so many different truths to this there's not one truth because again we have choice we have timelines and so hmm. it's i know it's like it's big big ideas of like yeah Okay, so you're saying it's neither good or bad. It's like it depends on the attitude of the people, and and sometimes perhaps somebody had a, a vaccine contract or something. They get sick and die from the vaccine, and that's it. Yeah, just like some people got sick and died from COVID, even without the vaccine, right? Correct. Correct. I mean, we all. So you can't people. This is COVID was a really great opportunity for those that were ready to check out and not do earth in this reality anymore. It was their easy way out. And mm. so there are people who checked out who are not ready to be part of this, raising the vibration of this current earth. It's interesting because, well, as, as a part of human race, it wasn't actually a huge percentage of people that died, but it seems to, it still seems that there's people like, um, dying more than usual um from maybe from the uh, i don't know um maybe yeah there's the time to check out <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. you know again there is no if from my perception there is no right or wrong and when someone decides that it, their life is over you know and and only this costume is over it's right. not yeah 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 I'm... 
And so we keep changing costumes. It's like, what am I going to wear in this life? Oh, okay. I'm going to be a male. I'm going to be a dark skinned male. Okay. In this life, I'm going to be a blue skinned extraterrestrial. In this life, I'm going to be an amoeba. <laughs> right. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from the values of, you know, oh, they, they kill these people for due to negligence or maybe intentionally in this and that, you know? Yeah. Um, I like for me, what, what my, what my ETs remind me, Lisa, to do, and then anyone who wants to hear this too, is again, I got to focus on this, this environment first mm. and foremost, um, because like we learned from Dr. Bruce Lipton is the environment is what ultimately expresses your proteins. Your That's what your DNA is expressing is based directly on your environment. Mm. And um, if you are in a loving, growing kind of environment in your mind, then your body has a beautiful ability to heal itself, to remain healthy, not get sick. But if you have a, you know, more of a, a dying kind of mindset, negative mindset, that environment is going to create illness in the body. And so... Yeah. Got to focus on what you actually want in your life, and live as if that is true. Mm. Yeah, you know, attitude is always the the small thing that makes the the big difference in humans. Um, oh, maybe, probably aliens as well. It's <laughs> it's universal. Um, yeah. So let let's talk just a little bit about the healing. Uh, so is is it all? Um, is do you do any like energy like uh do you send energy or how how do you are you able to perceive when somebody comes to you are you able to sense what the what's wrong with them already or um what what i i i probably could however um that isn't how i do my work right and so what i do is i have the person get really deep into we, we basically pull the higher self forward so that the higher self can scan the body and know, okay, you know, this is the area, this is what needs to be healed. And then in conjunction with that higher self of that person, then with my channel energy that I'm doing, then we are working in conjunction to clear that energy out. Hmm. Are you able to um to do a general like I don't know for people listening, well that that would be hmm, is it is it possible to do any any general uh clearing of maybe uh, the immune system or something? Well, you know, for that's one of the things um in the work that I do always is we're we're first and foremost balancing the chakras. Okay. The because if those are out of alignment with each other, then the energy isn't going to be able to flow through the body. And so when we balance those, then the energy is able to run up and down the spinal column, go out to all parts of the body, and that's where the healing can occur. Okay, so, so in balance. Okay, so you're able to see the uh, the chakras of the person when they come to you. Well, actually, um, I am not as clairvoyant as I would like to be. So uh -huh. no, I don't see them. But that's just part of this process that I take them through. Okay. So it's it's 
rather than it being a passive kind of energy healing, like Reiki might be, the person is actively um, participating mm-hmm. in this. Okay. One moment. Okay. I, my dog is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Doggy. Okay. Sorry about that. It's all right. Normally my husband let him in. So, okay. We're back. He should um, be <laughs> not barking anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so you're only doing mostly healing through, you know, uh, hypnosis, sounds like. Well, it's hypnosis, but it's also through light language, through my hands. Um, I also have um, crystal singing bowls that I use as part of this process, so sound frequency healing. Um, so it's, again, it's just a combination, and it's, every session's a little bit different depending on what someone needs. Okay. Um yeah. Uh, lastly the the government why do they want to keep cover up ufos and stuff like that? what's the what's the what's the fear what's the worst that can happen they have been lying to us for 80 years plus and so if they finally they now in 2020 right in the middle of covid the pentagon uh, of the u.s did come out and say yes this phenomena is real but it got buried in COVID news. And so they have admitted it. They've okay. actually released videos. They are sl- like slowly releasing more and more stuff, pretending like, oh, we're just figuring this out. Because if they admit, oh yeah, we've been lying to you, you know, for decades, people are going to get really angry about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think some people already uh, suspected it. I mean, there's so many documentaries and all that stuff about it. And people have said the same thing or the government or, you know, they're covering yeah. it up and all that. It's, it's like, I've heard it said so many times, but I don't know what to believe really. I've not yeah. never seen, why don't they just come down and, and say hi? And, and uh... <laughs> well, number one, we're not quite ready yet as a global community because there are people that still have a lot of fear around it. And, and even the government, even though they are admitting that this is real, they're also spinning it. Like we have to perceive it as a threat, you know, because they're not in control. And so, you know, what I, what I tell people all the time about that is, you know, these extraterrestrials, number one, they're our family. A lot of them are our family. We have up to 22 different ET races in our DNA. Um, They do not want to hurt us. They're trying to protect like help us not destroy ourselves actually mm-hmm. so um you know really we every single person can have an intimate connection with an extraterrestrial group they just need to know how to call it in and do oh. that and when 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 we take back that for ourselves um then we don't need the government to tell us anything right and so you know so yes these things are real if they wanted to destroy earth they have the technology that they could have destroyed it a long time ago before we ever developed our nuclear weapons Mm. but in fact they actually they are instrumental in um, protecting earth Um, they are often seen around nuclear power plants nuclear weapons sites where they have been known to shut down nuclear weapons completely they've really? also taken the sky when they have been shot off 
So they are, they can do it. They can intervene at that level, but they cannot intervene just by landing directly. But also a lot of them, because they are slightly higher dimensional, if they landed right next to us, we would likely go into a sleep state because their energy is too much for us to handle. A sleep state. Hmm. How about how about just for the camera? Can they able, are you able to go so dense that they be able to see them with the camera? Yeah, actually, I have I have taken pictures of them, gotten video of them. Um, we have night vision video um, of them. Because one of the things that that I do here in Hawaii is I lead night sky watch UFO tours. And we use um, advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And those goggles, what they do is they amplify the amount of light that you can see. And so you can see the stars, the satellites, things like that. But then you can also see massive amounts of spacecraft out there. Wow. Yes. And mm. so, yes that on video other people get it on video and sometimes and this is actually really common is that they're like we were talking about some of these beings being right here in our space but we can't perceive them because we're not in that same frequency there are craft that our phones our phone cameras video cameras can pick up that our eye doesn't see because we filter it we have judgment but the camera doesn't have the same judgment and so I have a lot of different examples of that, of a craft, like showing up in a picture where no one sees it, but it's there and because the camera got it. And then even if you walk through it, you would just, you would not feel it. You would just walk through it because it's a different dimension. Yeah. Just like ghost energy. Yeah. But they would be able to, uh, but they're, because they're higher frequency, they're able to see you. Yes. Oh, the, that is trippy. <laughs> okay i guess that's why they don't fly too close because it would be uh, kind of inconvenient for them if well, we just walk through their craft yeah well and some of some of them are here again among us so you know we're we're walking through things all the time without realizing it <laughs> Wow. Okay. That, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, let's see, before we conclude the podcast, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Um, I just, I would like everyone to know that, um, again, they really are the, these extraterrestrial entities. They are our family. Um, we can invite them in and the more that we consciously ask, them to come to us and we work through our fear work through the shadows that's when we can actually have real communion um, at a more massive level because the fear keeps us judging something as ugly or like scary or things like that so we really need to work through that within ourselves and get over our own judgment of the way that things look so that we can actually accept these things that don't look like us. Some of them do, but a lot yeah. of them don't. And Is there's it... nothing that can harm you if you're in a high state of frequency. You have full control over what you experience. You have the power. But then you could ask how to get to high state of frequency. Is that meditation? Is it inner work? 
cats and our work in meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you can help them with uh, with your work, with uh, the new healing m- uh, modality that you've developed. Yes. I And I also teach online classes where I help people learn how to raise their vibration and communicate with, with these different, with different ah. experts. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So is it, is it, well, telepathic or? Yes. Some of them are more verbal, but um, ma- the majority is telepathic. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That reminds me, Rupert Sheldrake has a experiments with, with dogs, like the owners, if the owners have close connection with dogs, uh, he would have it on camera and, and the, the owner, once they decide randomly, they will have him out randomly somewhere and they tell him the owner to go home and the, uh, the dog 90% of the time from wherever they were in the house, they go to the waiting position. So that's confirmation of uh, human animal telepathy, I think. Oh yeah. Yes. And we can, you know, we can talk to plants, we can talk to crystals, to rocks, everything has consciousness. Hmm. So you can talk to plants, grow more, please. I want to to be healthy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. They've done experiments where plants that are played music, if you play nice music for your plants and you talk to it and tell it how much you love it, they thrive. Mm. Right. It's like the water experiments, um, Emoto's water experiments. Everything. Everything is consciousness. Yes. awesome that's uh that's a good place then I, I know we had some yeah it's, it's quite a lot that we covered um and thank you so much lisa thompson for being on the podcast thank you for having me and thank you everybody for listening or watching the podcast